Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash WCSN312. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey guys, this is Harry and Ralph from Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. We are a video game podcast that releases content every Sunday, alternating between full game reviews and general gaming conversation. Our reviews include in-depth analysis on plot, audio graphics, and gameplay, and we throw in little-known facts on the game development. We provide uncomfortable sexual tension, harassment towards each other while being analytical about the game of the week, and endless poorly executed impersonations. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go, where sensitivity is a foreign concept. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to CSCR Chicago Sports Crunch Radio. This is the show that brings to you the highlights of the sports world and industry from the NBA, NFL, MLB, EPL, and so much more. CSCR is here to focus on local sports in the Windy City from the Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, and White Sox. We're here to talk sports to the true fans of Chicago. We are live here from Studio One at WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. This is CSCR Chicago Sports Crunch Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio, episode 27. We apologize for the delay. Uh, got new equipment. We're trying to work some uh, some things out here and there, and um, we got more power in the studio, so that's it's working out pretty well, but we just need to configure things, and uh, everything's actually... Working pretty well so far. All right, guys? All right, so uh, to my uh, left, I have the professor, uh, Mr. Jackman. Hey, thanks, Big Nick. Um, Your mic sounds good, too. Thank you. Nice to be here, guys. The the power is helping it out, man. Yep. And then to my right, uh, with his new equipment as well, too, is Mr. Wild Bill. Hey everybody, what's up? Uh, he sounds good. We all sound good, I think. What's uh, Hop Hop saying? Sounds good. He says sounds good. So Not your, low. Your mic is making a whistling noise. Mine is. Yeah. It's something's wrong. Not with us. <laughs> it's on that side. Can't be. Ours has got to sound pretty good. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, thank you 
for uh, tuning in. And uh, again, uh, we tuned in about uh, 40 minutes late. Uh, we had some issues. We're trying to figure some stuff out. And uh, we got it sort of figured out. Hopefully you guys can hear us uh, pretty well here. Uh, we got a lot more juice running in the in the studio, uh, trying to get a little bit more clear and uh, better options and stuff. Hope you guys like the whole new setup too. Things not blocking my uh, face, but it was blocking Jackman's face. <laughs> so I'll try to go either up or something That's all here right. or whatever. Uh, but in any case, guys, uh, we've got um, some cool stuff to talk about today um, and then some other um, – Bulls stuff, not much going on because you got Bears, NFL's out. Um, we're we're going to talk NBA and obviously what's going to happen this weekend mostly. So it's going to be a lot of NBA talk. Um, we don't watch too much hockey, but Wild Bill does. So he can comment on, what is it, eight-game losing streak? Eight games in a row. Eight game, the time to rebuild? Less than the conference. Yeah, it's like time to rebuild or something. Like the only guy is, that's playing well is Kaner. Uh, Kaner, that's it. And Nobody like, else has more than 40 points. Not good. Need a goaltender, first and foremost. Well, that helps. But uh, we are um, live. Thank you for joining us. Um, I want to run through social media really quick uh, again, obviously. Um, in the beginning of the podcast version, you guys will hear uh, one of our new affiliates. Uh, we did not have it on the live show, though, but one of our new affiliates uh, for you guys, if you guys can actually, and, and it's a cool deal for you guys. Um, if you guys aren't listening to our podcast and you're driving around, go to Audible. Uh, Audible, tri- there's a free trial where you get your first book free. You can cancel it all any time. Uh, it's at, if you go to www.audibletrial.com backslash WCSN312, um, you'll get your free book. You'll get a 30-day free trial. Um, they've got a lot of sports titles. I actually looked in the library, and I actually look at some of them. they got some cool stuff about even Chicago sports, uh, Bears, Bulls, Bear, uh, Cubs, Blackhawks. Uh, they got a lot of books out there that you guys can um, hear. There's some autobiographies on some of the uh, athletes as well. Uh, but try it out. It's really good. I love it. Uh, again, it's audibletrial.com backslash WCSN312. Uh, YouTube, if you guys can jump on YouTube for us as well too. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so we can try to get on the front page of YouTube. That would be fantastic. Uh, that's our biggest um, try. To f- we're trying to push it the most we can. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter at WCSN312 and Instagram. Uh, we post our shows on Twitter and Facebook so you guys can listen to us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we'll post them on there. Podcast version-wise, you can hear us on SoundCloud, which is our mother station that distributes our podcasts. You can also go onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating, and subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes. We're on Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, uh, the podcast app, Tune in radio, uh, and there's almost every type of platform out there. We're on there for you guys to listen to us so you guys can hear us podcast wise live here on our YouTube channel. You can also hear us a little bit later as well, too, that uh, you can replay any of the videos and stuff. So, um, also, Patreon, go to the Patreon page if you guys want to help us now that we're getting some new equipment and stuff. You guys can go to our Patreon page, be our patron on there. Uh, we're trying to set up some new stuff. The more uh, patrons we get on there, we can try to start doing rewards for you guys. Um, that way uh, we can um, have some cool stuff for everybody. So, um, anyways, uh, episode 27. And what do you guys want to dig into first? Do you want to do the uh, let's get the all-star game and... 
uh, Kevin Dunn and the Bulls over with? Sure, let's do it. All right, so uh, Kevin Dunsky was back. Finally. Finally, after he <laughs> chipped his teeth and, and got a concussion. Do you guys think it was too long? Protocol. I guess. I mean, I didn't know basketball had a concussion protocol. Yeah, they do. They take this very serious nowadays. And uh, he was out for 11 games, guys. And in uh, in his absence, the Bulls have gone 3-8. and eight. Yep. So he was sorely missed. And uh, the way he runs the team, we talked about this before, uh, me and Big Nick. He runs the team. He gets the team into offense quickly. And that was uh, Jerry and Grant is a good player. But he's sort of like a hybrid point and shooting guard. He doesn't quite run the team as well as Chris Dunn has. Although he wasn't proven a little bit in the last couple games, maybe getting used to the players. But uh, Chris Dunn, he's a point guard of the future for the Bulls. Plus it's hard to throw that guy into being a point guard and expecting him to run the team when that's not his specialty as well. Right, I agree. Who, who Grant? For Grant. Grant, yeah. He got yeah. thrown into a, a little deal where he was you know, a deer in headlights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously Dunn, in my opinion, is a key. He's the, the floor general, and uh, I'm, I'm very shocked, obviously, and we spoke about this in previous ones, on how good he's playing and how well he's doing with the team and leading them. So uh, he was sorely missed. I will say on a side note, though, I, I, I really didn't care too much because I do want them to tank. Well, that, <laughs> that's the double-edged sword that you have to deal with right Yeah. Now. <laughs> they go three and eight. Everybody goes, oh man, they went three and eight. But in b- deep down inside, you're saying, okay, why couldn't they have gone, you know, one and eleven or one and ten, to really get the draft pick that we sorely are going to need? Yeah. So I mean, I I really didn't miss him too. I, I was I was happy with him taking the time he needed to because I know we were losing the games, um, and I was happy that Levine was trying to use that time to sort of get um, acclimated with what was going on and stuff. So um, I really liked that, but. Um, Dunn, it, I really like the core that we have right now in Markinen, Dunn, and Levine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question mark is going to be, do you guys think Levine's going to stay next year? I think he will stay. I think so, too. How long do you think they're going to sign him for? Four or five year? Well, that's the thing. Why couldn't they try to see if they can work a deal out with him right now? Thank you. That, right when the trade. Well, I guess they didn't because they were worried about his injury and if he was going to come back and be okay, or if he was going to pull a Derrick Rose and he wasn't going to be damaged goods, then they wouldn't sign him. Right, but you could probably get – you could have gotten him at the All-Star break if you can convince him to sign at a discount. Now that he's going to play this whole year out – Maybe he doesn't price, want to because of that. Who's going to turn down the money? No, I know, but maybe he and his agent are telling the Bulls, no, you, we don't want to. Let's play out the year because if he has a good right, s- half right. a season, then he can turn around and be like, all right, this is the money I'm demanding. Whereas if he would have got a discount, he would have screwed himself over. Right. Unless he signed a one year maybe or something. But I don't think the Bulls would have just wanted to get him for one more year. If they're going to follow the script of what they're trying to set up for the rebuild, Levine's going to have to stay and sign a three-year deal. At least, minimum. at least a minimum deal. I, I think so. I think they want them uh, long term. They see the future with marketing done and Levine, and uh, I think they see them in his, in the future plans, and, and they want to keep them. They better just not fuck up the draft. Right. That's the important part now. And we're all praying now that the Pelicans go <laughs> go bust. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but hey, Nico played well in his first game. That wasn't too bad. Let Nico play as good as he wants as long as the rest of the team plays yeah. terrible so they can keep losing as well. Yeah, I actually liked the way Nico was playing. Nico was uh, doing pretty good in his first game. but I, I mean, I mean to be real, Nico does bring some good talents. 
He does. He's he's a stretch four. He's someone who can spread the floor. He's got a pretty good outside shot and a pretty good three-pointer. His defense has improved this year. He's a pretty good player. He really is, and I think he's going to improve. And uh, Anthony Davis is a nice guy to play with, a really good, solid young player who's on the up and up. The only thing is he gets injured a lot, but if he can stay healthy and uh, – I don't know what's going to happen with Spooky Cousins. That could be an interesting team. And Nico's got to toughen up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, overall with the core you're looking at, 23 Dunn's 23 years old, Levine's 22 years old, right. Markinen 20-year-old. I mean, that's a solid, solid core to have and something to build off of as well too. Um, but overall, I popped up salaries. So, you know, I always love to do that and look yes. at that, Jackman. Yes, I know. So – I was looking at, okay, so what are we looking at on the Bulls for the next year's roster? So if we're sitting, uh, that's not good. Um, it's in my bag. Can you grab it on the right side? So um, we got uh, another mm-hmm. – we, we were going through everything, and we've got to plug stuff in to the power. So we're running on wireless. It's all Hop Hop's fault. You know whose fault it is, Jackman? Who's Tom Chris? He's not here. The producer. The we producer sorry, of the show is him. not here. He'll be back. That's that's it's his fault. Everybody plays a role in this operation. All righty. You guys are getting to see all this stuff. All right. Well, let me talk a little bit more on on the Bulls over here. I mean, I I noticed when Nico's out, when and Big Nick's getting the thing set up. When Nico's out, the Bulls do have a little bit of a harder time scoring because the points came pretty easy with Nico spreading the floor and hitting the three pointers. So now they they brought him back down to earth a little bit. You know, when when Nico first came back, they went on a seven zero run. So. I mean, the Bulls wanted to do a couple things. N- Nico didn't want to stay here, fine. And they really do, like Bill was saying earlier, they really do want to get a high draft pick. And so we'll see what happens, who they get. I think Big Nick, he knows the college players. I don't know how much you know him, Bill, but I know Nick knows them better than I do. So um, this is this is where, and, I, and yeah, and I'm going to dig into the draft a little bit to see who, okay. who we should, who I think we should go for. Um so Robin Lopez next year, we have him for one more. So when, I, when I'm going to say one more, it's not, it's not including this year. It's also next year. So we got Robin Lopez for one more year for $14.3 million. So he's one of the guys I, I, I'm vocal about it. I sort of don't want him, and I want him out. Um, and I think there are teams out there that will take him, don't you think? Somebody's going to want him. Yeah, so I think he's someone that we can try to get a trade. Are we going to be able to get a first-rounder? I probably don't think so. Uh, but you know what? He brings a little toughness to the team. Yeah, he's but a veteran leadership. With what, and who he you're going to draft, you don't need him, right, and that's but too I much wonder, money. I wonder, though, at the All-Star break, I mean, at the trade deadline, if they couldn't have tried to dump him then. 
I think they were trying to. I think they were too. Yeah, I just maybe. don't know who. I think the Bulls might have been asking for too much for him. I, it I, could be, yeah. Yeah, I think he yeah. was going for first round, and that's what he wanted, and they couldn't let him go. They were talking about maybe him and Jerry and Grant, right? Yeah, and I heard rumors that and Grant and him were being packaged together. Um, I just think overall, I don't think they were getting what they wanted out of him. But regardless, this is at the center position. So we got Lopez for one more year. The one that's a weight in our roster right now, Felicio, yeah. three years, average, 8.1. He's guaranteed right now $32 million. That's the biggest anchor. You won't trade that guy. You can't cut him right now. If you try cutting Felicio, you you got to pay him $32 million. Not only that, but the hit, the cap hit, there's still a portion of that contract that hits the cap. Yeah, so we're stuck with Felicio right now for yeah. three years, and he's going to be your backup that's getting paid starter money. So – um, that that's a, now uh, a seek and destroy. He has one year left, eleven point two million. There, I think they're going to cut the ties, let right, him go next gone. year. Right. Um, and I think the year after that, well, whatever, we're going to cut him and he's gone. Laurie Marketing, we only have for one more year too. So that we're going to have to try to figure out a re-signing there. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. One year with a second second year team option. Um, I'm not even going to go over his salary. He's making three point eight, and he's going to make five point three if the team takes up the option right but that's the nba that's good money that, and that's the nba the rookie contract contract right uh bobby portis that's not bad either we have him for one more year 2.4 million uh von von lee von lay he's gonna be gone that's the guy we got in portland he'll be out of here uh small forward you got valentine for one more year 2.2 million with one year team option and that's for 3.7 he's a solid player i mm, like that he's okay yeah he's a good bench player he's someone that you can use I, I I'm I'm happy with him on the team. Very he, athletic. Yeah, Zipser. He, yeah. Same thing. One and one, um, and Zipser I like too. What were you gonna say about uh Valentin? Val, he's okay. He plays well at times, but he's he can be a little inconsistent. Yeah, he can't be a starter. No. He's someone no. you use off the bench all the time. He's a role player off the bench. Right. He has shown some improvement this year, but still shows signs of inconsistency. Yeah. But he so, gives you he gives you high energy when he's out there. So you yeah. Can, so that's and he comes off the bench, gives the guys, the starters a little breather, and he gives you and he can at least be productive or not be a burden on the team. No, no, he's not a burden, and uh, he's he does some pretty good plays. He's a decent passer. He's a pretty good passer, and at times he's streaky. He can hit the three. So uh, then you got. Obviously, Levine, who's a free agent, so we'll see what's going to happen with that. I am under the firm belief that he will resign with the Bulls. I think the Bulls will do, I think, whatever they can or everything to they can him. to try to keep him in. Um, then you got Holiday, which I think that guy's got to leave too. But we got him one more year, four point three million. So if you can somehow get Grant, Holiday, and Lopez out of town um, somehow with a trade, I mean, do you guys think they're going to do things in maybe the draft day for second rounders? But I don't think I think Lopez's value was right now. Would he, everybody knows that the Bulls are going to want to try to move him, and I don't think you're going to get max value for him right now. Yeah, that that's the problem. I think that at the break, I mean at the trade deadline, that's when they should have really, really tried to push for him. Yeah, I I mean I don't know. We'll see. I mean he's a pretty solid center, no some doubt contending about it. team, no right? No doubt. Yeah, somebody yeah. would have wanted that guy. Noaba's right. a free agent. I don't see him in the future. I like Noaba. I do. I think but... he's the energy guy and he's the real athletic guy on the Bulls. I mean he's not the greatest outside shooter, but he brings a ton of energy. He's real athletic. He gets rebounds. He dives after the loose balls. You need somebody like that on the team. You really do. 
I think he's a good role player. He is. I just and they might re-sign him just to be that role player, right? Um, if they can't find he's anyone, he's a positive else. uplift on yeah. the team on the bench. So then you've got Dunn, who we have for a one year, four point two, and he has a team option for five point three the second year. You got Grant, one year, two point six. Obviously, he's the one that's also on there. Here's the other key, the, or not key, but interesting question. Um, we got Payne, one more year, three point two. None of us know if the guy could play. No. Like they never put him in, and or he's on the injury list, or he's like the guy that's. I I I want to see if the guy can play. Like, he never showed me anything. The little they put him last year, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't they, show much. They sandbagged him last year too. Remember, it was like no put, matter. Put the kid in, right? Man. Let it. That everybody. I think a lot of people were wondering why didn't he play last year. I think they need to put the kid in, and they need to figure out, hey, can this kid play or can he not play? Because if he can play, then he can take over for Grant. And then that's your problem because they don't like Grant that much. But he's small. He, I was just going to say he's a little dude. Yeah. He's small. Yeah, he is. All right. So draft, <laughs> so draft, as it sits today for the NBA draft, we would be sitting at the eighth pick right now and the 17th pick, which is New Orleans pick. Uh, we also have a second round pick, which would be, I forget, it's mid round. I, I forgot what number it is. Um, I've got a lot of top guys that I want if we tank. Um, but right now at eight, as it looks like, who are you? T- who are you, who are you wanting? Jackson from Michigan State. I think he's going to go like three, though. No, he won't go that high. I don't know. I'm not too high on him, though. I think he's good. He's a raw center. You would rather have him over Aiton or Bamba? Because I don't think they're going to be there. I think Bamba might be there. I don't think so. I think Bamba goes before Jackson. No. And Bamba goes before Trey Young. Trey Young, I think, is going to be sh- – he's going to shock a lot of people and he's going to go low. I, I think that, that he's, he, like, on the, in, on the fence, and I bet you he goes 4-5. Uh, I think Young doesn't have the size, and I think a lot of teams are going to see that, and he's going to go low first round, I think. And people have him up high right now. I think he's going to go 4-5. I, I, th- I would love – reminds me like a Steph Curry type. Who? A little, uh, young. Yeah. A little dude mm-hmm. who can shoot. He shoots quickly. You know, they said the same thing about Steph Curry coming out. He's undersized. He's small. Yeah, but Steph but Curry he had the pedigree. out. Yeah. He had the pedigree of his father, Del Curry. It's right. not only that, but you got to remember that a lot of those guys become a product of the system. He went to a team that just fires away. <laughs> Imagine if Steph Curry was in Atlanta or somewhere else. It'd be harder for him to... To do this well, right. Exactly. Yeah, he does have a good team and a good system and a good, great coach. Steve so Curry, yeah. I would love Aiton because then he would work well with marketing because they're both Arizona guys and they <laughs> played with each other. Uh, and he's a center. Uh, but I don't know. I, In my personal opinion, I think the small forward is the biggest. If we can't unload Robin Lopez, you keep him for one more year, but you need to draft a small forward. And, I mean, right now, if you go small forward, I like both bridges, but I don't know taking them at eight. That might be too high. Mm, and no. that that way you can't go with the bridge brothers. No. But, I mean, Porter, I think Porter's going to go top three. Yep. And Porter's the guy I would want. That's who, And I know and I've heard rumors that the Bulls are very high on Porter and that they've been going after him and, rec- and, and sort of scouting him to, a lot. So Porter's the guy the Bulls want. The question is, can they tank enough to get up top? What, here's the other question. Do you want Bagley? I was just going to say, what about Bagley? Though? I don't like him. But Bagley can technically play power forward or and center. center. But we don't need a power forward if we're keeping Portis. I mean, we're, our biggest weakness right now is our small power forward, forward is center. Market him. Yeah, you He's got Marketing and Portis backing him up. Right. 
and then we don't need another one. So, but I don't like Bagley. I mean, right now I like Aiton and Bamba. I actually don't like. Uh, right, but then you also have to decide what kind of a team you're going to be because most of the teams right now don't have what's considered a true center, right? Right, a lot they of have, teams don't they have, have a tweener, small right. forward, yeah. a power forward, and then another. Well, they got power the players forward. like Yanni, who right, are centers, they, but they that run. They say plays their center position, but would never in a million years qualify as a true center. Center, like from the eighties and nineties, right, exactly, like we used to watch. Exactly, you're not going to see the Bill Lambeers and the, the Matumbos and all those guys, the Patrick Ewans right, and those, those guys, guys just the post up right, players. Right. right, the game is changing. Where technically, you have technically two power forwards. Or if you're running, it's two small forwards and a power forward. So here are my two sleepers. Yeah, it's a faster game, and it's more outside shooting. Here's mm-hmm. my two sleepers because I, I know the Bulls love European players, overseas players. Um, and I don't know if they have, like, a scout out there or what <laughs> because they, they get a lot of those overseas guys. Um, remember, like, you had Nocioni who came from Argentina. Yeah, I love um, Nocioni. I love that guy. Yeah, that guy's me too. one of my favorite Bulls. <laughs> me too. Where's is he still playing? Now, I know not I in the NBA, but is he oh. playing somewhere else? Probably back home, maybe. Maybe I I wonder if he's playing somewhere else. But you had Nocioni, but I mean, th- the Bulls have always. You went know what out. number he was, right? Uh, don't say it. Thirteen. Uh, Five, I thought. Oh, you're right, John Paxson. Yeah, John Paxson. Yeah, yeah, he was wearing John Paxson's number. You're right. <laughs> um, there's two guys. Uh, Zana Musa. He's a Bosnian kid. He's a small forward. He's six five. He's six nine, one ninety five. Um, I saw some highlights of the guy. I like him. He's on the Bulls' radar, so the Bulls are liking this kid too. And there's another kid they like who is from the Republic of Georgia, and his name's Goga Bitze. And I looked. I recently went to YouTube to look up some of his stuff. Both the Bulls are both hot on both of these guys. Uh, the guy from Georgia is a center, uh, and then the other guy is actually a small forward, Musa. So. Right. We'll see what happens or if they may. I know the Bulls are notorious for in the second round always going and taking a risk on one of those guys. You'll never know. Even look at uh, Nico Miritich from Spain. But he was can, another guy. But that's going to be the Bulls' second pick in the first round, right? Technically um, one of those guys no, that get crazy? I don't think so. I think if they do anything, they're going to do it in the second round if they pull the trigger on any of those guys. I mean, the number one guy is going to be that Luca kid right. who's, I think, Real Madrid right now. So that's going to be the first, and they some people had him at number one, number and now they one got him overall. as low as like number ten. Right. So he's going to vary, but there's a lot of people that have questions about Luca because because of his size and his strength, he doesn't have too much size and he doesn't have too much strength. So um, we'll see what happens with Luca. I don't think he's going to. I saw some video of the guy. I just don't. I don't think he has it for the NBA. He's what six nine. Yeah, but he six, just doesn't eight. have the strength. Right. And he's a European speed guy, and the European game is really slow, in my personal opinion, and stuff. So it's not as physical as the right. American game. Yeah, you get shooters out of Europe. You, you don't get shooters get and pass- yeah. You get Look shooters at, and passers. You have Miritich, perfect example. Yeah. Right. Second, you touch him, he's down. Yep. It's a different type of game in Europe. That's the big thing. So. Um, all right, so the other question is or, – or, and, and I was actually listening to the score, I think it was during the week, and they had brought something interesting up. So D. Rose now obviously has no team, so he's not playing in No, NBA. he got cut from Utah. And there's rumors that he might be going to China. Waved. Whatever. So he might end up going to China, but they ended up striking the conversation, and I, I very – I believed in this highly. Um, man, I forgot who it was. Who does the middays at score? Uh, like the twelve to four, 
Not S- Spiegel. Spie- is it Spiegel? Spiegel and that. Uh, golf. No, not the golf is uh, midday, tw- one to six. Yeah. Oh, Bernstein and uh, there Bernstein in golf. So it was Bernstein. Golf. Yeah, Bernstein and golf. So Bernstein uh, and and golf was saying this too that, uh, and I've been saying it notoriously for almost the last three four years, that they truly believe. Um, and the way they said it, they said it in a way that they didn't want to push anyone's button, but they left it at that. And a caller came in and said exactly what I was thinking, and they said that's great observation. He's getting horrible insight from his agent and the people that are surrounding him right now. And his career went kaput because of, his, of, of him listening to the people that surround him. And if it wasn't for that, and I said this on the last podcast, were you with me or was it uh, uh, Tom Chris? I think it was Chris. Yeah, but I heard, I heard you he, talk about he, it. He, I, I, Mike Tyson is the same, same type of person. I believe truly that if Mike Tyson stayed with the Customato clan and the people that surrounded him with Customato, to this day, we may have been saying that Mike Tyson was the greatest yeah. boxer better he, than Muhammad Ali. He had, uh, what, Jacobs and another guy. Yeah, but because he left and he surrounded himself with Don King and all his friends, look, he ended up going to jail. I mean, all this stuff happened. D. Rose, same thing, talented guy. He had too many people around him that were not giving him good insight, and he wastes the talent right now at this point. I think it's a fair comparison, but not the same comparison because D. Rose got that injury, and he wasn't the same player. So I thought he lost some of his ability, his jumpiness, his quickness, and I thought he got maybe a little tentative on the court. Uh, so I don't think maybe his mind is quite as strong as uh, some of the top players like Jordan and okay, them, of course. So then, so but I think the injury did rob him of some of it. He's still quick. Uh, he, he's still quicker than most of the NBA players. Hold on. I think it was a part. Russell, yeah, Russell Westbrook. He didn't have the ACL. He had the MCL. That's not as severe. It's not the same. It's not the same one. I agree with, I agree with Jacqueline, but are we also seeing the result of a kid that – didn't finish school and just has no clue what the hell's going on in real life. That and was had everything. Were handed. you listening to the show? No. That's the other part they <laughs> said. Everything got handed to him. Remember yes. he 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 dicked off that t- the test in school. Right. Got yeah. Right. So he's been babied, and now that he actually has had to grow up and be a man, he doesn't he know. Doesn't know what to do, and he's surrounding himself with morons, so he doesn't know what to do, and he's getting bad advice at the same time. So he's. He's in a bad situation. Yeah, they said in high school that they fixed almost all of his his scores and his grades. Right. I, I do think that if he went to a good team, was a good coach like Popovich, I do think he can discipline. W- yeah, discipline in a good system, or or the Spurs. Well, the Spurs, not the Spurs, the Golden State. He wouldn't get much playing time there. They're kind of stacked. I do think that he can become a decent NBA player. Not like never he's going to never achieve the level he once achieved on the Bulls. But I do think he can still be an, an NBA player and productive if he gets in a good system and a good disciplined coach. What do you guys think? But if you're Popovich and they even present that to you, what is the answer? Is he even going to consider it? No, no one wants no, him. That's, that's the, the problem, problem that's right. happening right now. Right, that's the I whole know, thing. But... He's got such a bad stigma on him right, right. now yep. that, you know, how, how can you possibly – Try teaching these kids how to play basketball. Oh, by the way, here's Derrick Rose on the potential that he's just going to pack up and leave for two weeks for no reason. Yeah. What kind of precedent is that sending when you're the head coach of these 20, what, 20-year-old 20 kids now? 19-year-old uh, kids? Yeah. 
you know, you're not only their coach for the most part, you're their babysitter father and their father, yeah. right? And you're yeah. trying to teach these kids how to get their shit together. And then you have Derrick Rose just, you know, peeling off. Right, Le- but in a discipline, uh, in a discipline uh, environment, I don't think he would be uh, willing to do that. But I think it's too late. It's too late now. I, I think, hope not. I, think, I, I hope not. I hope He's not going either, to China. But, yeah. but reality sets in that at some point, we we all just have to agree that maybe it's just too late. Not just I mean, you got to say that 2011, 2011 season, he was great. No, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Here's the other thing, though. I don't think besides Pop, there's coaches out there that would be willing to take that headache. Or that know how. That know yeah, how to even... because in the old days, there's coaches that took over Rodman, remember? Right. But the thing is, you had old school coaches then that knew how to deal with that. Right. Nowadays, like Chuck Daly? Yeah, Chuck Daly, Pat Riley, awesome. yeah. Phil Jackson. Like, um, Who's the other guy from Detroit that passed away? That was Chuck Daly. Chuck, Chuck Daly. Daly, I'm Chuck sorry. Daly. Yeah. Um, but you had those guys, right? and and they they knew how to deal with that. But there also was a level of respect with those guys. Yeah. No way back then would you be able to do 30% of the stuff these guys get away with right now. Put Dennis yeah, Rodman, it was more discipline. Put it was Dennis a Rodman in the modern era right now. Do you think coaches would be able to handle them? No. No. No you know, way. you know what? Nowadays, the coaches have less control, and the players have more control. Back then, it was vice versa. The coaches had more say. So, I mean, I know your star players like Jordan. I'm sure he got uh, still got away with a decent amount, but now it's more rampant where the players can get away with more, especially the star. But Jordan players. had respect for Phil Jackson, yes. no matter what anybody would say, or exactly. anybody that was being coached by Pat Riley. There was they a listen. Res- they listen. You know what they said when the doors were closed to each other. Might have been pretty tense, but when it came time, they wanted to win, right? Right. They didn't care what was happening. As long as they won, they could put everything else aside. Nowadays, if you win or if you lose, I want the shoe commercial, I want this, I want that. I want it to be about me, not about the team. And and that's the downfall of a lot of these guys. Here's the other thing, too. There's numerous times you would see on TV uh, uh, Phil Jackson yelling at Michael Jordan. On the bench and everything. Right. Numerous times you I remember even during the playoffs, Phil Jackson would be going off on Michael. If Tyron Lue went nuts on LeBron James right now, LeBron James would go apeshit on him on TV in public. Yeah. And Tyron Lue then the next day would be being told, don't piss LeBron off. The coaches don't have. I don't know if LeBron would go apeshit. He already did one, son. He did it? He did one time already. It was on TV. The guy, like he, he's the coach. He was the same guy in 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 Minnesota too, he or uh, Miami. He's the coach. He he. Spalestra was a figure. Lose a figure. That's that's all that's happened. Anyway, time- I think Pat Riley was behind the scenes. Yeah, Pat Riley yeah. was pushing buttons. Yeah, in he Miami. was, but I mean, he wasn't on the court. No, but LeBron, a guy like LeBron, still respects Pat Riley. Pat Riley's got respect. Over the whole league. Still. Look at Phil Jackson when he went to the Knicks. He couldn't control those guys. It was a, the game had passed him up. It is a different era. It's, There's yeah. no doubt. Right. Um, all right. Talking about LeBron, though, and the, the trade, what do you guys think of Cleveland? I think they are number one in the conference right now. I agree. They got a team right now that wants to play together. He, LeBron, LeBron messed that team up to, at the beginning <laughs> by giving, you know, I, I, Chatted this to you guys last week when you were doing the show. He demanded Tristan's contract, Tristan Thompson's max deal, J.R. Smith, and all these guys that just, it just, they might be good basketball players, but they're not good team basketball players. J.R. Smith will keep shooting 
he can go one for seven and just think that he's still going to make it. And, <laughs> and what does he do? Instead of taking baby jumpers, he shoots from further away from the three-point line, right. hoping he's going to shoot himself out of it. So, you know, LeBron James made that bed, and he got stuck having to sleep in it, and he got lucky that they bailed him out by dumping Thomas because they got Nance, who's a really good role player for that team. He doesn't mind crashing boards, and now – they can just sit Tristan Thompson down and let Larry Nance do a lot of the dirty work that Tristan Thompson was getting paid a max deal to do. Yeah, the Cleveland, they got younger. I mean, their average age went down yep. from 30 to 27. Uh, the first deal, they, they like Bill was saying, they got rid of uh, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, and a first-round pick to to L.A. for Jordan Clarkston and Larry, is he Larry Nance Jr.? Larry Nance yeah, Jr. yeah, Larry Nance Jr. He's a athletic guy, big guy. He's going to be in the dunk contest, energy guy. Okay, and then a third trade, uh, Cleveland landed Rodney Hood, who the Bears were, I mean, the, the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, they were the Bulls were looking. George Hill, who's a solid point guard. He also used to play for uh, Popovich a long time. And then after that, he went to the Indiana Pacers for a long time. And Cle- Cleveland sent Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose to the Utah Jazz, and Iman Shumpert to Sacramento, along with a 2020 second-round pick. Now, Iman Shumpert was a decent player a decent defensive player, but they had a lot of guys in that role in that guard range, so they needed to uh, uh, mix it up a little bit. And uh, Isaiah Thomas, he's not 100%, uh, plus his size limits him on the defense. And uh, what was uh, Cleveland giving up 120, 130 points. They were blowing leads and stuff. It's kind of a liability. Him and LeBron both want the ball a lot too. So, I mean, it really didn't work out too good. And nobody was playing defense on that team. No. That they, was the bigger problem was they weren't playing defense. Nobody was playing. You know, you're giving up 120 points a game. You got, you know, you better hope you're shooting 60% from the floor to, to stay in those games. Right. And they got rid of Dwayne D- Wade. They sent him yeah. back to Miami. Hey, I heard that Dwayne Wade initiate, bingo, yes, that's what initiated I was say. the problem. Was Kevin a love question about him being yeah. gone? Do you think LeBron uh, kind of? <laughs> I, I think so too. I mean, now that that came <laughs> Principal out, Principal LeBron, Dean LeBron, it was Dwayne Wade that instigated it, and then got <laughs> it all riled up about it, and it was being the vocal one. But I think that might be part of it too, of why they got rid of him. Yeah, but who the hell is it in the first place? No, right. I agree right. with that, and that's Let's, what I said before. He, sh- he has no place. You to played say what? Eleven games at that time when yeah. he started. He played not even ten games. Right. Come on. Right. Shut your mouth, you know. And establish you, yourself right, on Cleveland. Right. So the since they redid this whole team since that draft, they are well. Currently, they're third in the conference, thirty-four and twenty-two. They're six and a half back from first place or first in the conference. They've scored one hundred and twenty points a game each game over one hundred and twenty points. Uh, and notable wins, they beat Boston one hundred and twenty-one to ninety-nine, and they beat OKC one twenty to one twelve. Right. So it's a good basketball team right now, yeah. and Love's not playing. Yeah, they're hot, and you get Love back on there. I think it's going to be them and Golden State again. But then and Boston, they get, it around. Boston gets back. Um, what's his name? That broke his ankle. Uh, oh, Gordon uh, Hayward. Gordon Hayward. 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 I had on my my number one pick on my fantasy team. Yeah, <laughs> flop. <laughs> there you go. So they become really good as well. But don't forget, Toronto is playing well, and I'm surprised that they didn't try to. I had heard anything. that they were going to try to make a deal for DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I heard about that. To try to get him to come in. Did you hear that Cleveland had a deal already set and right. the ownership already approved it? And then they, I actually like the Lakers trade more than if they would have pulled the DeAndre Jordan thing. The Lakers trade for Cleveland is exactly what they needed to do. Bo- both te- I right. think it's great for Everybody, both teams. Right, right. 
I think it's great for the Lakers, and I think it's great for Cleveland. And they're going to dump Thomas, right? Yeah. They have no intent of re-signing him yeah. at the end of the year. And if they can get rid of, who was it, um, Julius Randle's contract? They got $71 yeah. million dollars available. 71 or $81 million well, available. Well, they said they're going to try to get PG-13 and LeBron next year for well, the Lakers. Paul George, I think, is a foregone conclusion. He's going back home. He want, he, He's from L.A. Right. I yeah. think that's a no-brainer that he goes there. So then he's going to try to talk LeBron into going. Where do you think, since you're here, Wild Bill, where do you think LeBron's going to end up next year? I always, always, always would tell people that I thought he was going to go to the Knicks. For some reason, because it's New York. Because it's New York. There, I keep and there's a, but that team is so. Do they have up. the money though? I don't think they have yes, the money. Yes, they do have the money because Noah's contract goes away, right? I don't think he's gonna go to the. No, Knicks. no, but there's a part of me that always said that he wanted to play for the Knicks, right? They're a big market. Big market, yeah. Madison Square Garden. Right. He, but now, I, I, I don't know. I think he just stays in. If he, if he leaves again. That's going to ruin his career. He's done. So yeah. Either I, so aside from the Knicks, I think he stays in Cleveland. I think he, I think that's what he needs to do. Um, here's one I brought up with Tom Chris last week, though, that I thought sounded really, really good. Um, he can go to Philly, dude. That team would be like, whoa. Philly's an up-and-coming team. I know. Ben yeah. Simmons, Embiid, you've got Covington. Uh, What's-his-name's on the bench? He hasn't been playing well, but they're trying to get him back. Which guy? Um, What's-his-face is hurt, too. But um, the Fultz. 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 That's the guy that's out. He, right. He's not He's not playing. He's not going to play. And th- you get you put LeBron in that mix. They got J.J. Redick, who's a Dude, solid that guard. is a – and they have enough money to get him. But now you just went against – the script of the 76ers for the last five years, right? I'm, dude, I'm telling you, it would be them in Golden State. No way. That would be – imagine those young guys trying to run Golden State up. But they're not going to be able to because LeBron's going to have the ball 70% of the time. Uh, so I th- now, I think so he now might change. Embiid gets pissed off. Ben Simmons gets pissed off. Fultz comes back. He gets pissed off. Yeah, but look at ever since the trade happened, have you guys been watching Cleveland's games? I, God, I don't even know why I'm watching Cleveland's games, but I am. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I haven't seen. Him I don't even like LeBron, um, but uh, I, I he's like been passing him. more now. It's just show. He always passes. He's always tried to pray. Look at me. I'm the facilitator. I'm this. Yeah. And that's, and, but then again, that's been the knock on him. That you know, when it comes time to win a game, he should have the ball. He should be the assassin, right? You think yeah. Kobe ever wanted to distribute it in a close game, or Jordan, or you pick any of those guys? They want to step on your throat. And then when you're dead, they're going to step on it again to make sure they killed you twice. I mean, Jordan yeah. them was a little meaner and uh, more nastier than LeBron. There's no doubt about that. But that's that. the killer instinct. No, I know. guys champions. LeBron. How many fights did Jordan get into, into in, the, in, the, in the locker room? The did locker room and on the court. Didn't he punch Cartwright? Okay. No, he didn't hit Cartwright. He punched Kerr. He did. So, I think Cartwright. No, Cartwright, oh, no, Cartwright said he would break his, his legs. legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He told With him. his voice, I'm break your legs. Winning solves a lot of those problems. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyways, this weekend is going to be one of my favorite weekends of all time, and that's uh, to- actually today. They got the Rising Stars. Yeah, you got the Rising Star game at uh, 9 p.m. on TNT. Yeah, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. And us. some of the notable guys Central. is you got uh, uh, Bogdanovich from the Kings. And the world, so they're playing world in U.S. You got Bogdanovich, Embiid, Markinen, and Ben Simmons on the world, and then you've got Lonzo Ball, Chris Dunn, um, dude. 
I've been watching Utah. How oh, awesome were they? With Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell is yeah. lights out, man. Yeah. That guy is so impressive to watch right now. I look forward to staying up late just to watch the Utah Jazz play lately. They're a young team, exciting team. And two of those dunks, dude, were like like insane. Two K eighteens, like video game dunks, and the I, I was like, but that guy's really exciting. So, um, and then my favorite, uh, uh, uh Teron Prince from the uh, from the Hawks. I actually like him, hidden hidden guy. Um, I've always liked him in college, and he's doing pretty good with Atlanta and stuff. Then tomorrow, you've got the skills challenge, the three point contest, and the dunk contest. I love watching that stuff. You've got uh, Dinwiddie. Uh, this is skills. I don't know why Imbid's in the skills. Like, why do they put centers in there? He's pretty don't athletic have, for a don't center. Don't they have one guard, one forward, one like it's a Maybe. little, it's a team thing, isn't Actually, it? Actually, Porzingis. No. no, it's the one where it's they the one the where ball. they run around the oh, court and they yeah. have to get yeah. it in or whatever. Actually, you know who won it last year? Por- the unicorn. Yeah, and he's a seven foot center. Yeah, he won it right. last year. So Al Horford's in it. Markinen, the Bulls. So we'll be rooting for him. Uh, Heald, Murray, Drummond, and Lou Williams. Three point contest is very interesting. Got a lot of good shooters here. Uh, and no, that doesn't work, Jackman. Try not to hide you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so you've got uh, currently in uh, the three-point contest, you've got Gordon, Thompson, Beal, PG-13, Lowry, Booker, Ellington, and Harris. Who do you guys think? Or who's your pick? Mm-hmm. See, that's Blue why Williams. That's why I had these flipped. Look it, because then it's not in Jackman's face. But then I go like this, and it's in his it's face. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, I think uh, I think you can't bet against Clay Thompson, especially uh, he he's a shooter who catches and shoots. Curry Curry is more of a, a dribble and shoot, so I can't bet against Clay Thompson and winning the three. Who won it last year, Curry Gordon. or Thompson? Gordon. Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Eric Gordon, right in Houston. Yep. Yeah, he got streaky. All right, I'm going. It's, it's it's whoever gets hot, but I I can't bet against Clay Thompson. I'm going Bulls or uh, Beal. Who? Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal? Yeah. Oh. I'll go Gordon again. And Gordon's got a good shot for it. Bradley Beal is a good shooter, a smooth shooter too. Yeah, I'm going Beal. That's my upset. Okay, I got Clay. All right, so dunks, you got dunk contest. Uh, Oladipo, Nance Jr., Smith Jr. Smith is a stud from the Mavericks. And then Donovan Mitchell. With the way I've been seeing Donovan Mitchell dunk, I think he's going to be the guy. There's no way. I'll agree. Um, and I heard rumors that – I don't know if you guys ever saw that one white guy that did that dunk like behind his back. Did you guys ever see that? No. Where he dunks but he passes the rim and goes backwards with his hand and dunks it. S- somebody, they're not saying who, is going to try to do that dunk, they said. Okay. So we'll see what happened. I would. I wish I, I had a video to put it on here. I think I went with uh, Smith Jr., but Larry Nance Jr., he's a big duty, 6'9". Yeah. He can bring it pretty hard, too. He sure can. And then the guy you're talking about, Mitchell on Utah, I I know it's hogging at the chances, but I think one of those three would probably win. Yeah, Mitchell is just uh, But Old Depot is no joke either, right? Right, right. Yeah, he's, he's pretty not, explosive. He dunks good in games. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know. know. It's, it's going to be interesting dunk contest, I, like I think. Mitch, I like Mitchell. All right, and who Mitchell. do you got, Jackman? I'll go with uh, Smith Jr. All right. Him or Larry Nance Jr.? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, come One on. One of the you two juniors. <laughs> okay, Smith Jr. The little guys. 
They like it when the little guys get up there. Spud Webb. He's not that little like Spud Webb, but he's only, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, maybe? Who? The guy um, on... Uh, Smith. Smith. No. On, on the I Mavericks. he's like 6'5". Oh, is he like 6'5"? Yeah, he's up there. Okay. All right. I'm trying to find the next segment that we're going into. Um, I, I didn't write mine. Do- oh, yeah. Here they are. All right. I got them. All right. You ready? Did you do your homework, Jackman? Some. I had a busy week. But go ahead and let's see what you're gonna. Oh, do. you're too busy listening yeah. to the Beatles, a little John or uh, McCarthy and stuff. McCartney. All right, so this is what we're gonna do. This is what I'm thinking we should do. Um. All right, so we we're gonna go top three memories, and then the, the three worst memories. Now, yeah, I want to go on Zach Levine real fast against that game against go. Minnesota. If you guys seen that. You guys seen that oh, game? Oh, yeah, yes, where he stopped Jimmy Butler, or he did the three free throws. Right. And then Jimmy Butler uh, missed the, yeah, that was good. I, I like Jimmy Butler it. scored, what, 38, 40 points? Yeah. And uh, Zach Levine scored 35. Yeah, that and was good. he played good. a lot of minutes in the end, and he was, he was clutch. He was I game. I was glad to see Tibbs lose that game and that the <laughs> young guys did it. So as long as they win, I, I'm just okay with them tanking the rest of the way. I mean, that, that showed the heart of Levine, that he wanted to pull it off. He had something to prove. They had a Minnesota. They they weren't gonna. Bulls weren't gonna get him if he didn't uh, tear up his uh, the ACL. There's no way they would have made that trade with Slavina in there. Right. So he wanted to prove that. Hey, you guys made a mistake by trading me. They played really hard that game for uh, Coach Hoiberg, and uh, Zach Levine had a chip on his shoulder. And I was, I mean, I like Butler too. Don't get me wrong, but I was really uh, happy for Zach Levine in the game and uh, for the Bulls win. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, that was a good game. I actually, it, it, went, it went a little late. It went overtime, didn't it? Yeah. Did it? I think it went one overtime. And they won in uh, overtime. So, anyways, all right. So, we're going to go top three. I don't remember. Go best ahead. three moments or wins that you remember. And the worst three, or the worst three memories, moments, or whatever. Doesn't necessarily have to be in Chicago history. Uh, it would preferably be Chicago, and I think a lot of ours, like I've got a couple that are not, but a majority of them are Chicago-based, um, and then uh, we'll go from there. Um, I, I sort Here's the problem, though. I didn't really rate these one through three for me. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. No? So I just sort of wrote them down, but I'm not sure. So, um, All right, who wants to go first? Big Nick, go. All right. Why don't we all do our top three, go across, and then go back across and do the bottom three. Okay, and then talk about it if we want to talk right. about it. Uh, I'm trying. I'm looking at my three, and I'm trying to figure out which is the first three. All right. So number one, and I think it's because it brings a lot of memories, and it might be on your lists too for me, and I'm going to do all of them in one. Uh, it's all the, all the Bulls championships, all six of them, but – specifically the first one because that was the first time obviously I think it was when we were all teenagers and we loved playing basketball and some of us still play basketball and love playing basketball but um, I think just seeing that and being alive to witness the Michael Jordan era and stuff there are so many memories and I know Jackman shares some of these with me of just I remember not just the championship win game, but the whole playoff series going up to it. Um, it's, it's literally watching the games 
none of us had cell phones at the time. Remember, Jackman? No. And all we would do is it's like it's like we're all it's like we were telepathic and we knew right when the game was done they would finish like at what ten ten thirty right the games right all of us would be at the local school playing basketball until one in the morning after every single game during those six years right and everyone was there after the game so we would end up having literally an outdoor park full of like 40 guys and there's like pickup games the cops would come to break us up because we're playing basketball and the right, neighbors, neighbors were complaining couldn't come, yeah, and it, it was all happening while the bulls were winning the six championships so i just think the memories of watching all of those playoffs and then having them win it and then just going to play ball afterwards um I don't know if we did it as much the last couple of years they won. We were a little older, no, right? No, yeah. But, but the I first mean, couple of years The first we did. three we were yeah, out the there. the first so, three we were out there. Um, it was very I, – I, for me, the best moments were all six championships, but specifically more than likely probably that first one. It felt great uh, that we were finally on top, and, uh, and then it felt even better when we kept winning, and our team was the best of the best for – it was a dynasty. It wasn't a run. It was, it was literally a dynasty, the Bulls dynasty just like they talk about the Lakers and, and the Celtics and stuff. So it was good to be part of that era and, and witness that and see that. So that was my number one. All right? Do you guys want to go? No. Number two. No, you finish. finish All right, number two. Yeah. I will always remember this moment because it was something that I shared with my father. And uh, because I'm Greek, uh, when the Greeks beat Portugal in the Euro Cup in 2004 on July 4th, uh, my father has never seen a Greek ethnic basketball, soccer, any team win anything on a national level. And regardless of if people are saying it was a fixer, whatever the case is, uh, to be there and we were watching it. And I know the specific place we were watching it at when they won. And it was the 4th of July on top of it. So in the evening, fireworks were going off. Uh, I think that to me was the second best moment that I can remember sports-wise, uh, I think it was just it was great to see. And I'm a huge soccer fan, so I loved that. Um, and then my third one, and I remember where I was watching it and what I was doing. Uh, obviously, the Bears 1985 Super Bowl win. Can't. I mean, that's just I'll always remember it. I if even if they would have won against Indianapolis on the on the what year was that 2006 six. even if they won in 2006 i still think i would have the 85 bears just because that defense was so dominant and just the way that team played and I, besides the ravens that one year the ravens won they they literally and there's people that always say the bears 85 defense was better than the ravens when they won the super bowl so i'll that's another one that i think i can never not forget so um that's my three so it's my three were bulls uh greece winning the euro cup in 04 and the bear super bowl okay all right good enough all right want me to go wild bill yes. go all ahead, right bill. so for me i'm torn for number three between like nick said the bear super bowl and also remembering sandberg bopping those two home runs off of bruce Souter on <laughs> national tv that's the I remember watching that game and going crazy. I was watching that too. So that to me is something that's always going to be burned in my head. It's, I wouldn't have that as a top moment though. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. That wow. and the Bear Super Bowl. Just it was the unhittable Bruce Suter. What Sandberg had been with the Cubs two years. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and he has that game. So that's something that just sticks in my head all the time. Yeah. For me, number two is when the U.S. men's hockey team beat the Russians on their way Winter to winning Olympics. That in the Olympics in 1980. Yeah. 
I remember being with my dad, and my dad used to sneak me into the bars <laughs> at his friend's bar to watch the Hawks, remember? Because they were on Sports they Vision were on sports, all the time. Sports, was it Sports Channel or Sports, sports Vision, Vision, I think it was yeah, called yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And we used to go in the back and watch the Hawks, and we'd always hear the Russians this, the Russians that. And then I remember watching that game and watching them win is something that I'll always remember. Well, that sort of put hockey on the map, too, in a yeah, way, for here in the States. A whole bunch of nobodies ended yeah. up beating the, the best hockey team in the world yeah. at that time. And then for me, number one, of course, everybody that knows me would automatically say it was the Cubs winning the World Series, but to me, that's not a sports moment. That's a life moment that transcends even sports for everything. So I didn't even include that because everybody knows that would be number one. But for me, it's the Hawks winning the first Stanley Cup. Yeah, that was up there when for they me beat, too close. When they beat the Flyers in overtime, and it's more memorable for me because when they won in overtime, I started jumping around like a madman, and I stepped on one of my daughter's toys and ripped apart my ankle, and I couldn't play softball for a month. So wasn't, in my celebration, I ranked my ankle. So wasn't that the one where Kane uh, shot it diagonally? But no one knew if it went right, in or not? Right, because the puck slid underneath the padding. Around yeah, the and everyone's like, well, was that in? Was Kane, it not? Yeah, Kane saw it go in and run around like a madman, and yeah. everybody else is looking at each other like, what the hell is going on? I'll remember that because I remember my daughter was just born, uh, and she was at months old, I remember. And we were trying to stay quiet, and me and my wife were up watching it. And then we were like, the the goal the goal went in. Kane was celebrating, but like everyone in, in like the arena were like, "Wait a minute, what, did they score? What's going on?" And then when it finally went through, and they were like, "Yeah, it's in," and it was like, "Wow, we uh, finally did." I was it. jumping around, and I stepped on one of her toys, and that was, was my honorable DL, mention. Was on the DL for three weeks. Yeah, that was my honorable mention. The Blackhawks uh, win. All right, Jackman. All right. Um, oh, these are going to be good. Yeah, you guys are going to kill this me gonna for one. This is going to be boxing. You guys are going to kill me. Nah, I was going to go boxing, uh, but I'm not. All right. Uh, you guys uh, are going to kill me for 49er. one of them. I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't got them in order, though. I don't got them in uh, order. All right, try all right, to one if of you my, can. Mm, Start with the bottom, thir- three. You're least. Okay, yeah. It's, well, well, I don't know if it's it's hard for me to pick, but one of my, this is means a lot to me because I watched it with my grandfather. And uh, the Chicago Bulls against uh, the Boston Celtics in 1986 when Michael Jordan scored 63 points in double overtime, Mm. but the Bulls lost that game and lost that series. That was when Boston was, like, unstoppable, and they, like, never lost at home. And they actually won the championship in that year. Yeah. So I do remember watching that exactly where I was at. Me and my grandfather were watching it. He would watch the sports with me. Uh, He would watch the basketball and football. And we used to watch the Cubs, too. So... Wow, you guys are picking specific games, right? Picking like team and stuff and wins, but right. Anyways, all right. Uh, okay, for me, when the Bulls won uh, their third championship against the Phoenix Suns, now the Phoenix Suns had uh, Charles Barkley, yep. uh, KJ, Marley. Kevin Johnson, yeah, Thunder Dan. They were a, a very potent team, and they were like the team from the West that scored a lot, and then the Bulls are the gritty team from the east that played with defense so it was clashing styles which made the game interesting and you got a uh, superstars in that game was charles barkley and michael jordan but who won the game was john paxson he got a, that open three-pointer and i was a big john paxson fan uh for the underdog and i just like john paxson so that stuck out to me and here's the one where you guys are gonna like kill me and this is your number one I, no, I, uh, I don't know which ones. Like, I really didn't put them in order. Okay. But I also I know what you're going to go with. Which one? Uh, 
Which is the one with Clark catching the touchdown in no, the end No, I was zone? too young for that one. That was like in uh, All right, Denver, against Denver Broncos. Yeah, that was – no, that – no, that was like 79 when they beat the, I don't remember, All when right, they beat go. the Cowboys. No, the one I remember a lot, this is also at my grandfather's house, so I think of my grandparents a lot. And my parents were there, everybody was there. Uh, this is 1988 Super Bowl against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. The 49ers were down, and Joe Montana was like Tom Brady, but it didn't happen this year, but in like many years where he comes back, he marched down the field. And... Uh, John Taylor caught the winning pass in the end zone, and the 49ers won by a squeaker against the Cincinnati Bengals, 1988 Super Bowl. And wasn't that Icky Woods? Yeah, Icky Woods was there. Yeah, the right. Icky Shuffle. Icky Shuffle. Yeah. yeah. So those are one of my, like, eh, standout memories. You know, That's the Bears, another dynasty, too, the Niners back right. then. Like the Bears, Super Bowl 85, I, I, like, enjoyed all the Super Bowl parade and the Super Bowl shuffles and all the videos the guys made, and I was really happy they won. But that, that game was more of a slaughter. The 49ers game, I was, I, you know, I liked Joe Montana a lot. They were a winning team back then. That was more of like a greatest, like a great comeback where the Bears were just so dominant in that 46-10 game that, I don't know. It, w- it was great for Chicago to win, but just that comeback of uh, 49ers was, I don't know, I yeah. liked it. So what I have is uh, I have three honorable mentions. So the three honorable mentions I had, at least that I, I, I didn't know if I should have added them or not. Um, one I was actually going to wear his jersey today. Um, one is obviously uh, Cal Ripken Jr. when he, he got his Iron Man where he played the most games. That was very memorable to him. I, I've always was a huge – two of my favorite players are Mike Schmidt and uh, Cal Ripken. So those two guys I always uh, make sure I keep. The, the other two ones are teams because I just remember the seasons as a whole. Number one is remember the year, and I forgot what year it was, where the Bears had Mike Brown and he, they, he caught that interception at the end against the Cleveland Browns and he ran it for a touchdown and then he just ran off. I don't remember. It, that the, it was the year that they were coming back all the time, like towards the end. I don't remember what year it is. I couldn't think of it, but that was one of the most memorable bear seasons I remember in the past. And then the other one is the comeback bulls with Jackman. I remember me and Jackman would text all the time. That was with Ben Gordon, Cephalosha, mm, yes. uh, Nocioni, and they would always be down by like 10 to 15. 05 bulls. Yeah, and they would always come back and they ben would Gordon win by seven. one or two. Ben Gordon was lights out all the time. So uh, that was one of my favorite bull seasons. Now, they didn't have a great record. I think they made the playoffs. I don't know how far. I think they they lost. They won in the first round, but they lost in the second. But I mean, it was still an exciting team to watch because they were upsetting a lot of people. They, they were, were turning some heads and stuff. They so. were. They were great in the fourth quarter. Yeah, those are my honorable mentions that I could have mentioned. That was good, but. dude. That was good. All right. Anyways, any any honorable mentions on your parts? The only other one I was thinking about was Kirk Gibson hitting that bomb off of Eckersley. Yeah, in the, in the when, when he was hobbling. When he was hobbling around. And Joe Carter's walk-off home run. Yes. And so I off, got uh, Mitch, off of Mitch Williams. Yes. Oh, wild, the wild, wild thing. thing. I got a boxing one when George Foreman became the oldest heavyweight ever to win a I remember chat, that, too. 45 years old, 1994 against, uh, what was his name, Michael Moore? Yeah. Yeah. He was losing the whole fight. He would have lost if Moore would have stayed away from him. He got caught with that right hand square in the chin. and, and Yeah. All right, so uh, do you want to go worst moments now? Sure. All right, who's going me first? Go ahead. Oh, man. Um, well, that's probably number one. So 
number (laughs) so number three i think i would have to put down uh and i don't know why i remember this game so much but i think when i was a kid it was the year after uh the bears won the super bowl and they end up losing to the redskins in the conference finals um I just will always I, – I was so pissed off, I remember, because I thought we were going to go to the Super Bowl again. We were going to win it. Um, the defense was playing good that year again, and it was like, this is it. We're going to get two of them. And 1986, Bears play the Redskins in the conference finals. We lose 27-13 to to the Redskins. I was just absolutely livid, and I'll always remember how miserable I felt that day after that loss. So that's – that's number three. They were up at halftime, weren't they? Yes, and that's yeah. why I was so excited. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, you're done. And it was that. And I think Doug Williams was the quarterback, right? Yeah. I think the Redskins won the Super Bowl that year. No, the next year. I Giants think... won in 86. Redskins won in 87. Oh, you're right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. so that was that. Um, all right. Then the uh, second one, which is not really affiliated with Chicago, uh, would be the 2013-2014 Liverpool soccer um huge liverpool fan i love liverpool uh huge fan of steven gerrard steven gerrard's a player if you guys don't know that played for liverpool's entire career he went to the galaxy later on but um he was a solid solid midfielder one of the best in the world uh played for england did a lot of things he took uh he he had liverpool win the champions league one time so he's won the champions league trophy the only thing he has never won is a Premier League trophy, and he's never got any of the EPL uh, top spots. So that was the year where Luis Suarez was on there and Sturridge and all these guys in Sterling, and they were going to win it. And the last game of the season, um, they end up tying, I believe, against Crystal, Pal- Crystal Palace, and then they blow the last game, and we lose by two points to Man City, and it's right when we could have gave, give, given Steven Gerrard his trophy, and he was probably on his way. He played one more year after that, and then he left and went to L.A., but um, very disheartening and disappointing. It was a year that I thought that they were going to end up winning it, and they didn't do it. It would have ended up a, a, an awesome career, and it just uh, went didn't work out our way. So we'll see what happens in the future with Klopp and everyone, but that's number two. Number one is the last year I was a Cub fan. One of the, 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 it's the nail in the coffin that made me just say, I'm done, and I walked away. So for people that I grew up as a Cub fan, I'm a Sox fan now, um, and I, when I was younger, I loved the Cubs. But as you get older, you start realizing the business aspect of sports. And at the time, Sam Zell had the Tribune Company, and they were all together, so the Tribune Company owned the Cubs. And I'm going to tell you guys a story about Ricketts, too, in a little bit. Um, so Sam Zell had no desire to win. The Tribune Company had no desire to win. It was a pure business investment for them. All they cared about is profit and loss, and that's all they wanted to do. All they cared about is at the end of the year, hey, you won two games this season. I don't care. Did we make money? Yes. Then that's all that matters. Never put a winning team out there. And I realized that the older I got. Then in 2003, we play the Marlins. I remember uh, I was working for a specific retailer at the time in the city. So we used to see a lot of the players. I remember Kerry Woods, Mark Pryor, all those guys would end up in the store like earlier in that day or that morning. Um, But uh, I think, and, and I'll always remember it. 
th- the ball gets hit. Moises Alou goes up for it. And then Bartman <laughs> takes it, blows the game for us, and that was it. And I, I just, at that moment, I was like, I am so done with this whole organization. I, I didn't want anything to do with them. And then at that time, I started watching the White Sox the year after that. They were doing pretty decent. And then obviously in 2005, they started winning. and The season was doing really good for them. They ended up winning the World Series, blah, blah, blah. But in any case, uh, I will always have that because that was the last game that I was a Cub fan. And I just was just so fed up. And I was just like, I'm done. So I had to mark it as one of my worst because I just always remember it and still will remember it. So I feel the Cubs fans pain because I was a Cub fan at the time. Uh, Ricketts. Um, who's, what's the owner's name? Tom? Tom Ricketts. All right. So uh, there is, and I heard this on ESPN radio. Um, so the day they were put up for sale, Tom Ricketts went to his father and told his father, hey, Dad, the Cubs are up for sale. And his father goes, did you hear the story before, Bill? No. The father goes, uh, what the hell do I want to do with the Cubs? I have no clue how to run a, a professional sports team. And he said, Dad, they sell out every game no matter if they win or lose. And his dad goes, that's a great business investment. And, again, I know he put together a team. He turned it around like the Blackhawks did. And he's doing everything to establish his hotel and all this other stuff. We'll see what the future brings. We'll see if he consistently puts a winning team out there. He's doing great now. Theo Epstein built that team from youth and got it up. I know they're trying to keep that team intact right now, but are they going to turn into another Sam Zell and all of a sudden just worry once their hotel is built and everything? I just want to worry about profit. So we'll see. Only time can tell. I doubt it. But that's it. And I've got honorable mentions, but I'll mention them later. Anyways. Okay, so for me, number three is the Bear, the second Bear Super Bowl. And I remember watching Hester take that opening kickoff, run it back, and going, okay, we're going to beat Peyton Manning. Yeah, I thought and then too. What happened afterwards was very, very disappointing. Yeah. Number two was I was the biggest Bill Buckner fan on the face of the earth. Oh. I had every Bill Buckner, I still do have every Bill Buckner baseball card ever made. He was my favorite player, and watching that ground ball go through his legs that Mookie Wilson hit when he was on Boston. Mookie. <laughs> it just sticks in my head for a long time. And then for me is the same thing with yep. Nick, is that game with, with Bartman and all that. But yeah. everybody calls it the Bartman game. It was not the Bartman game. What happened afterwards is just as devastating as Bartman. What, yeah, what he did. Gonzalez muffing that ground ball. Yep. And even though all that happened in one game, we still had a chance the next game to win and we blew it again i mean i remember being at softball they were playing the game over the loudspeakers for everybody to hear half the teams were tanking the game so they can get to the bar to watch it and i remember being at the bar with with coker and going can you believe this we're going to the world series and no sooner did we say that <laughs> <laughs> that it that the the bartman thing happened and the, and the, the floodgates from hell opened up yeah no, I think that's going to be in a lot of people's uh, heads. But all right, what else? That's it. That's it for me. All right, Jackman. Man, did did you copy my list, Big Nick? What? Are you serious? Some of it is the same. It's the I, I named four. Okay, but go. I, go. Yeah. Okay, but the, here here's the top three. Yeah. The Bears losing in 1986 to the Washington Redskins. Wow. Yeah. All no right. shit. So and, we share and, it. Yeah, we you know they were up. They were they had a dominant. They had a good year that year, of course, and their defense was still solid. 
and uh, they were up at halftime, and then they lost, and I was really upset. I, I remember watching that one, too. I was pissed. I remember where I was watching that one, too. Yeah. Same thing, grandparents' house. Well, I grew up there. I was at and, Bobby's house. Oh, okay. I was at my grandparents' house, and my aunt, names. Wa- my aunt <laughs> was there, and uh, parents, everybody, and okay. Uh, and I also remember this, an old one. I don't know which one I'll put first because I don't remember it as vividly, but I was a Cubs fan in 1984. And the Cubs, as you know, were up 2-0 against the San Diego Padres, yep. and they lost 3-2. to And, you know, they had Sandberg and uh, Lee Smith, uh, Rick Suncliffe, yeah. uh, Leon Durham. You well, know, the ball went through Leon. Didn't Leon Durham? Leon Durham made an error, almost like Buckner. Bill didn't Buckner, the ball yeah, go right the past first, him, yeah, same thing. he did make an error, right? And then Steve Garvey just kept hitting the Steve ball. Steve Garvey remember? kept hitting, yeah, yeah he kept was hitting it. the ball. He was he was killing the Cubs with those big hairy forearms. Yeah, <laughs> Mike yeah. Schmidt, the Cub killer. And the I want to talk a little bit about the Bartman one. That's also That's I don't call one? it I don't call it Bartman. I call it 2003. There's a couple things that went wrong with that. Moses Alou made such a big reaction when that got interfered. You know, you shouldn't do that. You know, when, when you, you make such a big reaction, it gets everybody else down. Another thing you guys got to remember, the Cubs were still up 3-1. They had Kerry Wood and Mike Pryor pitching back-to-back. They're two aces, and they couldn't close them. And you had Josh Beckett make his name off of the Cubs on that one. That's, yeah. you know, that's and Pudge. where And Pudge, remember? Pudge. Oh, yeah, Ivan Rodriguez. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know what? The Cubs had their chances to keep blaming Bartman for, for that. When they are up 3-1, they had their two aces, and Alou making such a big reaction like, oh, you know, I think that was horseshit. That kind of put me out to that team. And then that's the same team. I'm getting a little bit on a rampage here. Steve Stone, one of the most knowledgeable, one of my favorite announcers. I remember him. him. Yeah, he. this guy's a genius. Him and... Uh, Harry, Harry Carey were so fun to listen to. That's the same team a year later when Steve Stone was making critical comments about the Cubs. And they let him go because of that. Right, because these players were talking shit about it, and they let him go. Now he's still, luckily, he's still in Chicago. He's in the White Sox. Right, he's commentating for the White Sox game. So, you know what, I didn't really care for that team too much, where, you know, this team here, who won in 16, as a younger team, is a more upbeat, more vibrant team. And uh, I think most of the guys were good guys on that team. You know, Brian, Rizzo, you know, it was a nice story, that Cubs team. And uh, maybe those Cubs players, they kind of, I don't know, got what what was coming to them. I don't know. The two big dogs on that team failed the Cubs that whole series, Wood and Pryor. Yeah. Both of them. Remember Wood got got shelled in the first inning? In the first, yeah. Came back. Didn't he hit the three-run homer to tie the game then? And then blew up again, right? And they came. Hey, um, he, he gave up what four in the first. Wow, that's a then, good memory. Then he hit a. Th- then he came up the bat. Then he, I think he had a three-run homer, in the second, to get us tied. And then he got bombed again in the third and fourth, or the fourth and the fifth inning. When you, uh, when you guys won the World Series, what a year ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, uh, how many games did it go? Six, seven. Don't you remember? Seven, yeah, Seven yeah, in against, extra innings. Right, against Cleveland. How many remember? games did the White Sox go in 04? Oh, stop or it. 05? Uh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. What you guys did in 2005, all credit, I will give Pitching. you guys credit, that will never be done again where you had four starters run the table like that. They went yeah. real deep in the that's game. That's never going to yeah. be done again. Well, first of all, the game has changed, and the manager yeah, would never allow that to happen, but that was 
you guys shouldn't have been in the World Series anyway. AJ Przinsky got you guys there by pretending the that uh, <laughs> the drop third strike against the yeah. Angels, remember? Yeah. And he started running. Everybody's like, hold it's on like, a second. What the hell's on? going on? And he's standing on first base. He even tricked the umpires into giving him that call. So here's my honorable mentions. Um, the 1990 Chicago Bulls when they lost to the Detroit Pistons in the conference finals. So that was my other one. Uh, upset me. Yeah, that was pretty heartbreaking. That was the year right before they won the first one. So it was like, ah, oh, they could have done it, but whatever. Uh, and then my my other honorable mention is the 1992 Stanley Cup Blackhawks Penguins? Pittsburgh, where we had the best record in the league. We were the best team in the NHL. We go to the Stanley Cup. 4-0. We lose four zero to Pittsburgh. And it's lights out. And Lemieux, that was the team. Lemieux and Yager. Yeah, and that was the team where uh, it was Jeremy Roenick. Uh, Dirk Graham. Dirk Graham was the Belfour, captain. Yep. Steve Thomas. And it was just like, man, that's it. We're going to do this. And Tony Amante, remember yeah, all those guys? 4-0, 4-0, sweep city. Swept. And that was pretty upsetting and heartbreaking as well, too. All right. What that's else? Some good ones, guys. No honorable mentions from you guys for the worst ones? Hmm. Nothing. I mean, you know what? It those those that you mentioned about the Detroit losses, they made the victory ever so sweet because the Bulls lost a couple years of Detroit. They couldn't get first. It was Boston, then it was Detroit. They couldn't get over that hump. Detroit was physical, and that was the year. That was the year when uh, Detroit beat them. That they did the Jordan rules, and and Jordan got banged around. So did Scotty. Remember, Scotty wasn't as tough back then. And they worked out, and they got bigger, and they got uh, yeah. mentally tougher. Well, Jordan was always pretty mentally tough, but he said, "Man, those Pistons were rough. They beat me up." So he started lifting weights. He bulked up, and the Bulls were ready for them next year. And that's so, when they walked off the court, right? Isn't right. It? When right. Isaiah and uh, what's his face? Lambert. They did it in '91. Yeah, that was when the Bulls beat them the next year, right? Yeah, they the walked next off year the they court. Beat them right. and they walked off. I think Joe Dumars is the only one, one of the only few to shake the Bulls' hands. Most of the players. You know what of, was some of the good players. though, and I think I showed it to you when we were at one of our friends' houses. Uh, remember when I showed you Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas? Oh up? yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that was really good to see. That was touching. Yeah, I mean it was just like all those years that rumors out there that Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan fought for Isaiah Thomas not to be on the, the Dream, dream team. team, and yeah, he should have been on the Dream. Team. He should have. Yeah, he should have. And uh, after all these years, Magic Johnson finally sat down and uh, I guess apologized and everything and. Uh, they had it all. It was on Yahoo, I think, or something? no NBA. Wasn't it part of the NBA TV thing? I think because hey, now they're doing one with Shaq and uh, didn't they just do one yet last week with Kobe and Shaq? Uh, where Kobe tells Shaq, "That's why I hated you because you never practiced and you always came into camp out of shape." And or oh, wow. that. yeah, yeah, I think it was. You're there's right. something. There's something about them like sitting face they to face. They should do that with oh. Sitton, the guard from the Bears. <laughs> hey, hey! How about that thirty for thirty about the Detroit Pistons bad boys? Did you see that? That was Bill? fantastic. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, one of the best. And then everybody what about hates, the? Everybody hates that team except if they were your team, right? You no, love them. I right. sort of liked them. No, no, but I'm just saying. Imagine if that team is the Bulls. Tell yeah. me who doesn't like them. Whoever no, team they're in, that team in that day was the favorite team of everybody. Yeah, but they even, won two in a row. Even back yeah. then, I I mean even though I liked the Bulls more, I respected the Detroit I I I sort of played the style that they played though too. Remember Jackman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to beat people up, push them, I used Elbows. to try to aggravate them, get them to get pissed off, to throw them off their game. So the way I played is sort of their style. 
Um, and we I, all played a little rougher back then. We all did. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fouls we used to take. Now you do. You can't do that I anymore. You can't even no. sneeze on the guy without getting a foul. Was, well, ba- basketball too. I was helping my nephew, life. and it's like you, you can't put your arm on the guy. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that's you can't do that no more. And I'm like, arm check right. right. That that like, forearm. I, yeah, right. like the forearm. I was so used to always betting the forearm and the guy's back. So imagine now, put Steph Curry back then. Does he even see the light of day? No, it's a different game. No, man. no, but I'm just saying we were talking about that with, with Hop Hop and stuff. You take some of these guys and you put them. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. Just like some of those guys. Like, does Bill Lambeer succeed in today's NBA? No. Not even close. Not right? even. Sean Kemp, yeah. Super athlete. Like yeah, he's, a, he's super athletic. Some of those guys, right. But a lot of the, the Stockton succeed? I, hate, I think so. First of all, I hate that guy. I was, don't know. Was, I don't know. That's a good question, man. Would like, John Stockton succeed in today's NBA? Like you take yeah, Gary Payton so. and those guys, they Who would be Who plays good. like John Stockton right now in the NBA, point guard-wise? Think about it. There is none. How there. about Nash, Steve Nash? He would. Ne- he was hurt he on sort a of regular like- day. Imagine if he actually got beat up back then. He never – no way. Dude, I, I honestly – No, but I mean Stockton sort of played like Nash, I saw. But Nash is no. a little better outside shooter. If you put Stockton in today's NBA, I honestly don't think he would make it. No, no way. I disagree. Everybody is a lot dude. tougher he's than so, – He would have been so much slower than yeah. everybody. Every, think about this. Look at the guys he's that are like LeBron passer. that are so bi- – Yeah, but th- think of point guards. Is there a point guard out there right now that you're like, oh, dude, he's a great passer? No? Ricky Rubio. And look at him. Right. I mean, but other than that, all Chris these Paul, point... Chris Paul. Yeah, Those but guys he are scores. facilitators. Yeah. Right. That's different. You were talking about a guy whose game was predicated on distributing the basketball. They don't do All these point guards now are just quick shooting they're, point guards. They're more scoring than they were yeah. before, but there's still some point guards that run. Carl Malone would still make it, I think. Oh, what do you mean you think? There's no doubt. Yeah. Carl Malone's the number one point. Oh, no, Kareem is. He's like number two, yeah. though. He scored more than Jordan. Karl Malone was great, dude. How about well, Kareem wait. in today's NBA? Kareem? Kareem would dominate any of those Whoa. big seven guys. I would. don't know. With the size of these kids nowadays? No, Kareem, Kareem would still was be. skinny, dude. You'd have to, yeah, slow, you'd have to slow down your offense to, to accommodate that guy. Like Patrick Ewing would have a better chance, I think, in today's NBA than Jabbar because at least Ewing could hit that 15-foot jumper, right? How about Larry Johnson? today with that body of his just banging Who, Grandmama? Grandmama. Yeah, he's still good. Yeah. All the star guys would have still had a role. You know what? I'll tell you, the new guys, can, the newer NBA players can shoot a lot better than the old guys. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, 35% was pretty good back then for three-point shooter. Now they're in the 40s. It's crazy. How about Barkley, man? I know I he's big, ask you. but he's not quick enough. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> Barkley was uh, quick when he was young, dude. Go look at some of his tapes in Philly. He would get the freaking rebound, and he would go down the court dude, and dunk it in your you, face. Now that you open that question up and you think about this and you look back in those old days, there are, I think, a lot of greats that if you put them in today's NBA, but you can reverse that as well too, though, and because they played a lot rougher. They in the played old a lot days. rougher. That's what I'm saying. So if, Curry, you take, yeah, if you take a lot of these current guys now – there's no way they would make like, it back then. Like Steph Curry wouldn't be able to do his little moves in the lane as much as he does now because he would get foul harder and he would get discouraged from doing that. I agree with you there, but his about, shooting is still. Well, how, imagine right, Golden but how about Durant? State. No, no. Look at Durant, seven-two skinny guy. How does he play down there? The old NBA, he would have to be a power, a true, true power forward to bang. Who's he gonna bang with? 
they'd beat the shit out of that. Yeah, guy. they would. Here's a question. But he's got a nice mid range too. That, that he right. Would, so right. That's what I'm saying. So the games now you it's have to adjust different. your right. game. Right. Right. You would have to adjust your game. Right. The bad boys, the Pistons versus Golden State now. Right now. Yeah. Against which rules? Oh. Right. Oh, right. Which right. Set of that's rules? true. If you All play right. old school rules, Detroit. Detroit wins. If you do right now, where you look at the guy and it's a foul. <laughs> Golden State. <laughs> they would all be fouled off. Right. They would. Right. What are you going to do? Because now you have massive matchup problems, right? Yeah, because you're right. Think about it. So you have Zaza Pachulia, right, and Bill Lambeer. They can negate each other out. Right? I, that would, yeah. Right? I got to go with Bill on that one. Cur- Curry, Curry has Zeke, right? Curry has Isaiah Thomas. Right. Clay Thompson and Dumars. Joe Dumars. Solid. Right? Rodman, again, is going to lock down Durant, Right? Yeah, that would be a pretty good uh, Golden State. If, if you play with today's rules, Golden State would win. If you Golden play State with, wins I would, you would hands think. Down. If you, you play with think. the old rules, Detroit would tear them up. Because it, uh, go, uh, Detroit never had the shooters. Yeah, they didn't but have you the would, shooters. But right. they they were one of the best defensive NBA Correct. teams, and they were like really rough all the time. Right, but that's, that's what I mean. So if you play in today's basketball, Golden State is going to put up 130 on them. Because yeah. who's going to come off the bench for Detroit? What about the Bulls? The microwave, Vinny Johnson. <laughs> yeah. What about the Bulls? So who's the other guy? The tall guy, not Tree Rollins. Who was um? Sally. Sally. Spider no, Sally. No, another guy too that was a big rebounder for them. Lambeer, Sally Edwards. Oh, Buddha Edwards. Buddha Edwards. Yeah, Buddha yeah, James Edwards. Buddha Edwards. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty tough too. Right. What if you took the Bears of the seventy-two season win or win season? The Bulls. Bulls versus uh, Golden State. No. That's a match. That game goes seven. That that would be a hell of a game yeah. with, with today's rules. With today, but even with today's rules, you put the you put Golden State in just as bad of a matchup problem as the Bulls have to guard them, right? Who's going to guard Jordan? Well, that's what I'm saying. Jordan like, and Pippen. If, who's going to guard? If you're going to look back and think of who's the greatest team of all time, and who's going to guard? Kukoc? And you question that. You have to sit back right now and say, okay, if we took the Bulls right now and put them into. Um, Golden State in the modern era in that prime, like that would be a hell of a game right now. Bulls win. I think so too, but that would be a hell of a game. Because man. you can't match up. Who would guard George? Well, hold on. Curry would be on Harper. Okay. Clay uh, Thompson would guard Jordan. Ooh. That's a, that's an assassination attempt that, <laughs> that Clay Thompson won't even see the light of day, right? Um, no, Clay's pretty solid. No dude. way. Not yeah, against Clay's Jordan. <laughs> Who's their small four? Durant? Huh? Durant, small forward? No. Oh, you're talking about... It's Pachulia, Durant, Thompson, Curry. Who are we forgetting? Does Iguodala, does Iguodala start for I them? I think he's there. I think, yeah, because I think... So Durant, small or power? Power, I would guess. All right, so then they got Iguodala. So it would be Pippen versus Iguodala. No, we're forgetting somebody. And then who? It's, it's Zaza Pachulia. Zaza Pachulia is Durant. the center. Durant, So Thompson, Zaza Curry. would be up against Luke Longley. Curry, Thompson, and uh, so those guys would those guys would uh, guy? cross people uh, cross each other out. Longley and Zaza. Then you've got Durant versus um, who was our power forward? Rodman. Right. Ooh man, that'd be hell of a matchup, dude. Jackman, Rodman I, versus Durant. Like I don't know. You know what? This team was Durant may beat the Bulls. The other team that won the first the first time was Curry. Them the Bulls may beat them. But this team was Durant. They got a lot of firepower. I think Rodman would stop him, though. No way. Durant? Too long. Durant's just 
is he's long. tall. He's long. Yeah. He's, if he brings if he brings Rodman out out of the paint, you're right. Yeah. And he's going to square him up for shots. Rodman's going to want to take him into the post. Durant's going to be like, "Fuck this! I ain't going down there to yeah. get killed." Pippen would tear right. up in Guadala, and then you've got. Um, well, Iguodala's a bencher, dude. He doesn't dude, start. Dude, we forgot about Draymond Green. Right. Oh. Yeah, Draymond so be Draymond versus Pippen. Pippen, which is a zero. Yeah, that's right? both out. Because Draymond can is. I don't know, man. That's, I, that's that a would good, be a hard. Well, Jordan Jordan takes Curry to the post, right? They clear up. Jordan takes him in the post. No, they wouldn't put uh, Curry on Jordan. Who's going to guard him? Clay. Tom, Clay. Clay. Even, okay. Still, Clay would do better. I don't think so. Not against Jordan. Well, he'd do better than Curry. Curry's way too small for Jordan. Right. And Ron Harper and Ron Harper at that time was pretty bad so. knees and all could still probably oh. Yeah, he's decent. We could go all day with this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So uh I think we're but gonna cool coach is on that team. That changes the dynamic too, right? Cool coach was on that team. Was on that team, right? Yeah, cool he coach was. is my favorite player so of now, all time. So now look at a wrinkle that, that guy throws in against him. Yeah. He's sort of like a meritage. I mean, he's a solid player. He's a matchup problem, cool coach. Always was. Right. Right. Because the European players, they uh, promote more their passing, their dribbling, and their shooting. For big guys, six foot nine, they can dribble, they can shoot. Mm-hmm. It's time to do the party boy, Jackman. <laughs> yeah, what do you got the music on? You know what party boy is? No. You don't remember party boy? No. All right. Anyways, guys, that's uh, we're gonna call it a, a night. Uh, we've I don't even know how long we've been running for. Hour think about 20, an hour and a half. Hour and twenty, I think. Yeah, we've been running too long on these shows. Where's so, Hop Hop? Where's Hop Hop? Um, Where's Hop Hop? Yeah, I don't know where Hop Hop's at. I think he's just got it on or something. But uh, we are. We he's were looking gonna, at his Michael Jordan rookie cards right now. Hey, hey real fast, since you, since you Go, guys shoot. are big Cub fan, Bill. What do you think? I wanted to talk about this. Hugh Darvish. I'm on the fence to the negative. Thank you. Um, 50-50, maybe, but I'm not so sure. I would have rather had them go after Cobb and Lance Lynn. To get two guys. And then trade Elmora and Montgomery. Agreed. Too to much money to for get, one guy. To try to get a real leadoff hitter. Not just that, but you give so much money to one guy, and what happens if he fails? Like, In my opinion, I don't think Lester has been that great. I think Lester, Lester's been good for what the Cubs. Good, but not right. for the money. Yeah, remember, starting pitcher, when all these other guys are getting equal money right now, his it doesn't look that bad, right? Look yeah. at Scherzer's contract, okay? Right. There's there's guys that are Adam, getting... Adam Dunn, White Sox, we had guys like oh, that. Oh, man. Yeah. Horrible. You, you guys got James Shields still on the books, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah buddy. Do. Shields, too. Hey, but, but I'll give the White for... Sox credit if they stick to the script. It's looking good it's for the future. It's looking good. I and will give the them Cubs credit for that. And if the Cubs can keep your core intact and not let them go, we may see a Chicago Windy City we Classic. We need a real leadoff hitter. That would be awesome to see the Cubs-White Sox World Series in like three years. And the Cubs win four, yeah, we four missed, games to none. We missed a guy who was center fielder who was real solid. We need Miss Fowler. We yeah. need a, we don't. Yeah, last year yeah. it burned us, and this year it's going to burn us again that we don't have. He, was he wants solid. to do Schwarber, now he wants to put Almora to be a leadoff hitter. You've got, and the bigger problem is now you've got Zorbist and Hap, who are technically two players without a position right now. And I say we trade Almora and Montgomery if we can package them up and try to get a real leadoff hitter. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to Hugh Darvish, and I hope he plays well for the he's Cubs. He's not going to pitch well in the cold. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, he's Watch a, and see. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a problem. 
He was tip. They said he was tipping his pitches right, last year. Right, that's what year. they were saying. If it is and he can fix it, then we're okay. But I'm, it scares me. Well, we'll talk more about them when we get closer to um, um, spring training, which they start next it, Friday. Reported yesterday. Well, they no? reported no, yeah. but I'm saying the first games yeah. start on the 23rd. So we'll be seeing some games finally. We can start talking about gameplay and what some of these teams look like. Uh, and don't we have a course? Isn't Hop Hop our correspondent? Pete Short's spring going. Training. He's going there, isn't Pete he? Pete Short, spring training correspondent. Yes. So we'll try to get some uh, some iTunes like recordings and we'll play them back. We'll have him interview the players. We'll have him interview the players from far away. <laughs> Pete Shorts will be our uh, our spring training correspondent. But in any case, guys, I uh, apologize again for tuning in a little late. Um, like I said, we've been getting some new equipment in the studio. Um, we'll be getting uh, some new upgrades as well in the near future, potentially maybe next shows, um, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, working on some stuff, and we got some new boards, so we're trying to work the kinks out. Uh, so we came in about 40 minutes late. Sorry, apologize. Uh, we'll try to get better and not make it happen. Uh, but other than that, uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us here, uh, whoever joined us on the YouTube Make sure you guys subscribe, spread the word, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Overcast, CastBox, um, uh, the podcast app, Google Play, uh, on iTunes, subscribe, give us a five-star, subscribe to us there. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at WCSN312. Follow us on Facebook at WCSN312. And on Instagram, the same thing, at WCSN312. Uh, also go to our Patreon page uh, and become a patron there as well too. So we have a Patreon page that's open, Windy City Sports Network, and you can catch us there. Um, one of our affiliates um, that you guys can go to as well too and help us out is uh, www.audibletrial.com backslash WCSN312. Uh, you guys can get a 30-day free trial with them. Uh, really cool deal. Just head out there and um, uh, get your free trial now. I think that's all I got pretty much. So, uh, Jackman, anything? I had fun. I hope all you listeners enjoyed the show, and I'm looking forward to do it again. It was a nice show with you guys, uh, Big Nick and Bill. All Wild good. Bill. Go Cubbies. Go Cubbies. Um, we will be here Wednesday for WTR Live again, guys, at 7 p.m. Next Friday again, uh, we'll be doing episode 28. Uh, we'll be doing boxing as well. Jackman has a lot about boxing, right? Yeah, hopefully we get Sammy back, and we do a lot about the boxing. There's a lot of upcoming fights, and the summer's going to heat up. Yeah, and we're, 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 it's so much, we might end up just doing a one-hour boxing show. So I mean, this um, weekend we got Danny Garcia against Brandon Reels. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Reels is going to win, but it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk more about boxing in the upcoming shows. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, but I know um, there is a ton of boxing coming up, and there's a lot of big boxing uh, fights that are going to be coming up as well, too. So uh, we'll probably be doing a for sure one-hour show on that as well, too. So um, that's pretty much all I got, guys. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Jackman will see you guys on Friday. Meanwhile, Bill will be here on Wednesday. Uh, It's going to snow tomorrow in Chicago. So stay warm, stay dry. It is what it is. Good night, Chicago. Good night. Good night.